Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglin. Um, our guest is late, but I didn't want to make you guys wait too long. Hopefully she shows up <laughs> because it's actually kind of an important broadcast for her. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. Uh, before we get into all of that, um, I'm going to read today's devotional and we'll get started with a couple commercials. And then hopefully our guest will be here. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well if you're watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, which you can find at livemonoworldwide.org, or by downloading the E360 TV app uh, on your smart TVs, like Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. You can find us there. Or if you're watching on social media, welcome. Great to see you guys. Uh, God bless you, and thank you for being here. April 14th. Accumulate scriptural ammunition. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. The path of the, path of the Christian has its high as well as its low points. There are moments of victory when joy fills your spirit and thoughts, and your entire life appears to be full of the spirit of the living Christ. Then there are times when life is filled with negativity and spiritual matters appear vague and unreal. In search, in such times, a heavy depression descends on your spirit, and you may even feel that God has forsaken you. One way to conquire, <laughs> one way to conquire, conquire spiritual dejection is to accumulate spiritual ammunition when you are spiritually strong. Don't read the Bible merely as part of a spiritual discipline, but learn to treasure certain scripture verses that have special meaning for you. Learn them by heart so that you can recall them in times of weakness and temptation. That's good. One thing is sure. A Christian who has knowledge of God's word has a strong defense against the trickery of Satan. Anything has been anything that has been inspired by God to strengthen your family is worth cherishing. Knowing your Bible is a manual for the Christian life, not only strengthens your faith, but also helps you to become more sensitive to the ways in which God wishes to guide you. God often uses the scriptures to manifest his will to his dis disciples. Always remember the word of 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Jesus, my Lord, incarnate word, through the scriptures I develop an ever-increasing love for you. Guide me through your word and strengthen my faith. Whew. You know what? Actually, I don't even care if the guest doesn't show up. I've got something on my heart I want to share right after this.
want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet. No. You know, <laughs> just, I don't care. Hold on. Where'd it go? Get me off of the screen. Oof. Okay, so just like when I was reading that devotional, all of the words were jumping all over the page. And it reminds me of this audition I had three days ago that I completely bombed. I completely bombed it. I, so I really, it's, it's interesting. I love to write, but sometimes I barely can read the word pig. <laughs> like, it's, sometimes I can't read. It's just the strangest thing. The words just dance all over the pages and I'm like chasing it with my eyeballs going, where did you go? Where did you go, word? Like, what's the next word in the sentence? So I'm auditioning. There's a really cool, there's an airport drama that's going to be a podcast series. So it's a scripted podcast series. And I was reading for this character. I know the part. I know it. But for some reason, when we were doing the read through, all I could do was just, I just bombed. Like I was like chewing on my tongue the entire time. It was the most embarrassing thing that I've ever experienced. Who's here? I'm going to talk to the audience today. What's up, Nick? Yeah, I know I completely ruined the, because I was fumbling fat fingers. I just messed up my own intro music in my amazing intro video that my wife made. I just butchered it, but whatever. So anyway, I'm reading these lines and I, it's awful. It, I'm sweating in my shirt. I'm I like I'm wanting to run away, and I'm like I've never experienced this before, ever. I have no acting training, nothing. I just kind of show up and I try because I want to know the experience. I want to learn what actors know, and I kind I like to learn all the different parts of, you know, when you're on a movie set or a film set for a TV show, everybody plays a role. It's this beautiful thing. Like if there's ever an expression. Of, of getting to see purpose played out or how, like, for instance, the body of Christ. We'll use the body of Christ, how we all have a purpose and we all get to use our gifts to be able to not only to support the body of Christ, but to, to elevate others as the body of Christ. I think that's the point of purpose. And when we come together and we work together, we become like the Power Rangers without the dorky, con the, the dorky costumes, right? We're all... We all have a superhero's journey to play, and that's the journey of our purpose. It's the journey of discovering who we really are. So when you go on a movie set or a TV set, you get to see everybody play these really, they play their part, and that's all they do. They just, they stay in their lane. Like the director doesn't try to be the producer. The producer doesn't try to be the, the best keyboy grip or whatever the heck it's called. Like everybody stays in their lane and they just do what they do in excellence. That's the way it's supposed to work with purpose. So anyway, I've never done any training at all, and maybe I should, I don't know, seems like a good idea now, but I can slip in and out of character pretty easy because that comes with having multiple personalities. It's kind of fun. Anyway, so I'm bombing, I'm sweating, I'm not prepared for this horrific beginning of an audition. I really wanted just to go, dude, I'm sorry, I suck, I'm over. But the thing is, as I've, you may be able to tell now, I'm actually standing up. I'm standing up and and I can I, I like to stand up when I talk. 
for some reason, I was sitting down in this read-through. And while sitting down in this read-through, uh, I, I, that's when I was stumbling. But for some reason, I just heard the word rise ring through my ears. Rise. So I stood up. You know what happened after I stood up? All of a sudden, I transform into this character and I knock it out of the park. Now, will I get the part? I have no idea. But it would be pretty cool to be like the voice of this character for this podcast series. Because one, obviously, it, it pays really good money. <laughs> but it would be a lot of fun. And if you think about like the old days, maybe you saw this on TV. Hi, Tammy. Good to see you. Um, like the old days when, remember, like families, like you youngsters that are watching don't know this. But people used to gather around the TV. Or I'm sorry, gather around the radio and they would listen to their favorite programs. Well, podcasts are starting to do that now. Like everybody wants a talk show. Everyone wants to be a talking head now. But one of the trends that's starting to happen are major studios and production houses are creating series for audio only. And it's and they're paid parts. It's really cool. So what's old is new again, right? So anyway, I have no idea if I'll get the part, but I'm extremely grateful for the experience of basically eating my own butt in in this in this uh, audition because one I, I learned how to bounce back I learned how to keep going I learned how to 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 bomb but then turn it around it reminds me of a time um so this is I can't, I want to flash back to something this is I haven't talked about this before but when I lived in Boca Raton Florida when I was in college um I had been working with complex disabilities in Oklahoma. I got hired by a company in Boca Raton, Florida. At the same place, I got a scholarship to be a cheerleader. Those of you who didn't know I was a college cheerleader, I was a cheerleader. Um, anyway, I had this boss. Her name is Tracy. She's about this tall. She has jet black hair, bright blue eyes from New York, full Italian, absolutely the most powerful woman ever. I, I wrote about her, actually. Um, in the surprise episode of The Devil Inside Me. And uh, she was fearless. And I see so the one thing that I had never done working with complex disabilities was really cold call. You know, I did some in-services that I was asked to do, but I had never gone out and knocked on doors and try to, try to warm, you know, create leads. I'd never done that before. So I'm following this woman and she literally, it's like she drop kicks the door open. <laughs> she comes in and she owns the room. And I'm 19 years old, I'm just completely unsure of myself, still stuttering, like it just, it was awful. But I'm watching her and I'm completely intimidated, completely intimidated because I have no idea that, like what I'm doing. And it's this giant company, they have full service pharmacy, surgical supplies, all of it. And so finally, after she does her thing, we go to the next place. And then she sets me up and she goes, okay, your turn. Oh my God, what do I do? And like, I'm going through my brain. I'm trying to remember all of the training and trying to remember like, okay, so we, we have this service, we do this, we do this, we have this, we have that. And so as I'm going to speak to these doctors and this cold call, I go to them and all of a sudden it's like, I'm trying to read that script in my mind going, okay, so we do this and I'm stuttering, I'm sweating. It's the most horrific feeling in the world because here it is. I just got hired by this company. They think the world of me. And here it is. I'm completely eating my own butt right in front of everybody. And here's the other thing. 
she just watched me die. Like she just sat there and watched me. Didn't save me. It felt like I was there for an hour. I was probably there for 30 seconds. I have no idea, but it felt like a lifetime. So as I'm, this is happening, we get out and I'll never forget when we leave the office. And I have no idea what the end result was other than I did not get that business. She starts poking me in the chest. How dare you ever, ever not speak from your heart? I'm like, I'm trying to remember everything. She goes, who cares about all that other stuff? Where was the guy that showed up when you came in and gave yourself a job, basically, because you walked in like you were hot, beep, and that you you could do anything in the world because that's how I showed up. Like, I'm I, like the king dingling. That's how I got the job. She goes, where was that guy? I was like, well, I just shared my heart with you. That's how I got, you know, that's, I just shared my heart. She goes, don't you ever script yourself again. Don't you ever be scripted again. I always want you to speak from your heart. So that I never, ever again scripted myself ever. I don't script this show. I don't script anything except now when I act. <laughs> because one of the things that I really struggle with sometimes is being able to read out loud and talk at the same time. It's a struggle for me because I start stuttering. It's basically what I was just doing when I was reading that devotional. So one of the things that I've learned, this is interesting too, because I think it ties into this and I'm speaking off the top of my head. Hi, Jillian. Good to see you. Hi, Nick Harris, Ezra, Evangelist. Good to see you. Can't wait to speak to you guys in Pakistan. Um, but one of the things that that resonates with me, trying to remember lines is not that easy. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm sure some people can do it like all day long. For me, it's a struggle. I, I just, I can't, I, I can't remember a Bible verse and I listen to the Bible every day. Now, obviously when I hear stuff, it's like, oh, I know the rest of it. But off of memory, I can't say John 3, 29, 14 says, like, I can't do that. That's not, that's not my strength. Um, so good to see you, Tammy. Anyway, but one of the things that I read about helping you remember lines was get into, like, feel where you're at. Like, when you see this, the scene, what it is, you have to get yourself there. And then when you're having the conversation and the dialogue with the person, instead of thinking of your words, think of how you feel when they're expressing. That's our guest. But she's late, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um, and, and so... Therefore, I, I like it's one of these little tricks that's helped me remember how to do lines. But this script, when I was auditioning, was a complete disaster. But I turned it around and stood up. So anyway, there's something to say about our heart. Like I heard um, one of our guests, Virginia Hodges, Virginia Rose, shared, we have three brains. We have a heart brain, we have this brain, and we have our stomach brain. Our heart brain is actually a lot more special than people think. I told a story a couple of years ago about how when you have a heart transplant, how like when you take that person's heart, you may actually start craving the things that they craved. That's a real thing because your brain has a memory. Your heart brain has a memory. It's pretty interesting. And to the point of this, the devotional we read, it was talking about getting the word of God in your heart because what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Now, 
think that that in itself, what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. It's funny how you look back at all the things that that I know come out of my mouth. And it's like, that wasn't very Christ-like. That wasn't very, that wasn't very like Jesus at all. Like, why would I say that? And then I say other things that I'm like, <laughs> where'd that come from? And then I would just look at it and go, that that was definitely God because I'm not smart enough to say anything like that. It's really, really interesting. And one of the things that I've been learning through this process with the devil inside me is what a fine line it is that as Christians, as believers, what a fine line it is that we walk. We walk a fine line from our, the, I guess this is why they call it the narrow gate. It's a narrow path to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God. But that's what it, like, for me, if I don't stay on that line, I am so close to destruction, to devastation. I can't even comprehend it. I can't comprehend sometimes just how close to destruction we are. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just, for me, that's what it feels like. If I'm not dialed in with God, or I switch, I'm literally like on the fast train to destruction, to going back in my old grave. For the life of me, I don't understand. And a lot has been attacking my heart lately, digging up my old past to be able to finally write this book that I have tried to write forever. And if it wasn't for my wife, there is no chance that this is ever going to happen because the way that I always envisioned doing it, it required her. Um, You know, the other thing that's on my heart, too, is that I, I shared some stuff yesterday on social media about what's happening here in Minneapolis. And it's 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 really strange, like like right here, like literally. Hold on, let me see. Move. Can you see that? Yeah, you can. So that building right there is the armory. And the armory is actually pretty special because. It's where the Lakers used to play in Minnesota. We're next door to the courthouse. Like right here is the courthouse where the trial for the officers that uh, George, you know, the, that killed George Floyd. It's there. Brooklyn Park is like, I think that direction. I'm directionally challenged. And that's where a young man was killed by the police. And, um, and I don't have all the facts and i and frankly, anyone that thinks they have all the facts at this point, I, I don't know how we could trust that because every news source has a different agenda and they're going to spend it a different way in a way that they see fit. So it seems like the real truth is yet to be discovered. 
but it's very surreal to live here right now. Um, like buildings, there's, oh, they finally got up the graffiti. I was going to show you that, even though I don't really like what it said. But all of these businesses, like literally right around this building and all through downtown are boarding up. Like I didn't know there was more buildings to board up, but there is. It's really special. It's like, you know, it's kind of like L.A. And I'll go to L.A. real quick because L.A. is a magical place, but it's also dying. And, and maybe it needs to. But the, the California that people love isn't there anymore. Now, my heart still wants to be there about as much as my heart wants to be here. And believe it or not, Minneapolis and L.A. are very, very similar places. Uh, the arts are huge here, uh, massive. And the people are unique. There's this, the, one of the things that I love about LA is that there's a melting pot of cultures, the same way here. One of the things that's really cool to see is that, like, look, I love Jesus with all my heart. Like, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I also love, with all my heart, my Muslim brothers and sisters. And every type of Muslim you can imagine, it's kind of like, you know, with all the Christians, there's Baptist, Catholic, blow, you know, there's all that followers of Christ, there's people that follow the way, um, you know, there's just different sects and religion, right? The same way with m the Muslims. And I freaking love them. I just do. I, I'll never forget, like when I was homeless in California, a Muslim woman took me in. Like, I learned so much about prayer from her. And ironically, my wife is doing something very similar now. She's got this app that kind of like with what Muslims do when they pray three times a day, or I think it's three, like Jessica's doing the same thing now. Not to Muslim, but to Jesus, just phone. And it's like a time with God app. And like, and she's doing it like clockwork. I remember being at the Mall of America when we took the girls to play games the other day. And these women were kneeling and, and praying in the middle of, in the middle of the walkway. But I learned so much from that experience because her dedication to serving God and to worshiping him was inspiring to me. There's so many different cultures here. There's the, I mean, like even the homeless communities here are different. And, and look, there's some scary stuff in the homeless community here. But there's also some really special people on the streets here. I think about Uncle Jeff. I think about, you know, my wife's relationship with him and just getting to see how his life went from literally in a tent to now he's living in a home hosting Bible studies. This city in, in, inspires me and it's really sad to see. And again, I don't know what the right answer is because we need the police. But you know what? The police probably need more training. The police probably need to, to push back their age limit where you can't join the force until you're 30 or something. Oh, and uncle got his bus. Martin Luther King spoke at the armory I just showed you. But the cops could use more training. There's no doubt about it. We are the only country, the United States is the only country in the world that doesn't have 
a pretty severe age restriction because the gap is like 10 years when you go to other countries. No other country in the world has this type of police violence in this, well, <laughs> the cartels, that's, you, I don't know, federalities. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not true, but no, it is like in Norway and Amsterdam, like the, the police are older when they join, they have way more training. Like maybe that's needed, but there's no one that I know of in Minneapolis even the people that are protesting right now really want the police to go away because we need them. But we also need them to have more training. And at the same time, I mean, look, criminals, I can't say that criminals don't have any sense because that's really not true because most of the smart, the smartest people I know used to be criminals. <laughs> it's just a fact. So they're not dumb. But maybe when you have the police surrounding you, don't try to escape. Like, maybe that's a good idea. But here's the thing. It still doesn't change the fact that these scabs keep getting ripped open from people that really don't need to have their scabs ripped open. And I know in the Bible, like, I really believe we are in the end times. The signs are everywhere. Of course, you know, for centuries they've been saying that because there's always something. But man, sure things are lining up. And, you know, I think about Daniel's prophecy about how we merge with machine. If you think about the, the clay and, uh, was it iron and clay mixing together? That's us merging with machine. Some really great information on that on YouTube, actually, where it gets into the Bible study of it. And, and it's true. We are merging with machine. Like the singularity is coming. This is biblical. This is not science fiction. This crap is biblical. I'm not saying the Bible's crap. I'm saying <laughs> singularity. <laughs> like, oh man, the tech advances that are happening right now, Neuralink and other things like that. Yeah, you, I'm sorry, you were late. I can't bring you back on now. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? Oh, there's people hurting. I know that the, it says that people are going to hurting. Family's going to turn against family. Brother's going to turn against brother. You know, I mean, even and, and, and everything that has been hidden in the dark is going to be exposed. Like all those things are starting to happen now. Who we thought were good, not so good. So it's really hard to look at this situation that's going on right now in Minneapolis and go, like, I remember, okay, let me back up. So not the George Floyd riot, but there was another riot right after that. And it was in the summertime. And I remember we had just gone, Jessica and I had been out and we had been feeding. And and she we, we took a detour. And in this detour, it led us to a standstill of cars. And there was cops everywhere, everywhere. And Jessica was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out what's going on. So she gets out of the car. And I'm like, I'm staying. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere. I, I just, I could feel something not good. And Jessica, I know, felt the same thing, but she's tougher than I. <laughs> she gets out of the car and she do, 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 walks around the corner. And as she walks around the corner, pop, pop, or pop, 
gunshot. Dude kills himself. But here's the thing that's twisted about this. He shot himself. Cops here, cops there, people surrounding this whole area. Boom! Cops shot him! No, it's, he killed himself. Like, literally, you can hear those two things in contention with each other being screamed out. We get out of Dodge because, you know, when a gunshot goes off, people run. We leave. As we leave, the riots begin. Literally in the video, if you see the people walking in Target, Jessica saw those people, like, saw them. They had their riot stuff with them, basically. I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but I'm telling you, it's like this stuff is a movie set and it's staged. There's something more sinister going on. There's more gun violence. And it's like, okay, I get it. There's violence in the world. There's a lot more violence that happens. You don't hear about all of the murders in downtown Chicago. You don't hear about all of the other murders. What you hear about is what the media decides to point its camera on. So you only get to see it through that lens as what they want you to see. But I'm telling you, I didn't see it through the lens. I saw it in full vision, in real life. It's like a movie set. And I think to myself, how many times, like there's a video came out, came out yesterday of the, the directors of CNN basically laughing because they made Joe Biden look like something he's not saying. They're laughing about it. It's a Veritos project. You can find it anywhere online. They're laughing about this. And they laugh to go, Trump would still be in the office if we didn't do what we did. That's what he's saying in the video. How many times has CNN, how many times has CNN been caught for staging news scenes? Hurricanes, the dude, <laughs> the guy's in a canoe, and you see, you see people walking, and this idiot is in a canoe trying to make it look like it's more dramatic than it is because drama sells. So I'm telling you, it's easy to point the finger and go, cops or the victim, and, and point the finger and blame. And the pointing the fingers and blame only causes more division. But when you get to see it up close, you start asking questions because you can feel it. Something's not right. And yet at the same time, the fracturing of a community that genuinely seems to get along, all different faiths. The gay population is huge in Minneapolis. The African-American population is huge. The Muslim population is huge. The Christian population is huge. I've, I've never seen worship 
So we go to a mega church for, for, for the most part. I would call that a mega church. Great church, River Valley. Love it. Love it. And, and we're connected to some other ministries here too, but that's the service that we go to. And it's all young people for the most part. I mean, I feel like a grandpa. Actually, I'm about to be a grandpa, like probably in a couple of days. But it, it's they worship. Like, but these are the same people also that are out in the streets praying for people of different faiths, different, they love, you know, like they love differently, whatever. They're they're there. And it's just a special community. It reminds me of San Diego and its collaborative nature. It's like LA for the arts, but in the collaboration feel and that vibe, it's like San Diego. I'm telling you Minneapolis is special, but it's like something is attacking that and they don't want it and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't even make sense. I know there's evil in the world. I know there's bad cops. You know what? There's also good cops. There's bad preachers. Frankly, we all got a little bit of bad in us, but we also have a lot of good. And for some reason, this city has collabed and vibed together. And that my impression of it in the 11 months I've lived here, or 10 to 11 months I've lived here, is that this city is special, but it is fracturing and splintering and it's like, and as it's happening, the hammers are just smashing it and smashing it and smashing it and smashing it. So I pray, it is my prayer, it is my hope that it is true that the blessing is in the breaking. I pray that as the city continues to break and, and more boarding up and more vandalism and more destruction of property, and more people are hurting and asking why. I pray that the breaking leads to a blessing. And a blessing to the people that deserve the blessing. Not a blessing in the term of monetary gain. You know, a lot of... Um, I don't know how popular this statement's going to be, but there are some local governments. Maybe this one. But there are some local governments that look at the destruction of cities as an opportunity. You know, part of Donald Trump's comeback happened after 9-11. Like part of how he made most of his money back was being able to buy property on the cheap. It's an opportunity for people because I'm telling you, more and more people are going to leave downtown Minneapolis. And someone's going to come in and buy it all up. Now... I know that the Chinese have been buying up a lot of property recently all over this country. Is this part of that plan? Maybe. There's something more sinister at play. And I choose to believe with all my heart that God will still find a way to use this for good. You know, another thing too, I have some very strong feelings about Black Lives Matter. Very strong about the core of the organization, the, the founders. What's up, Sean? Good to see you. But the founders of it and the people that are funding it, like there's something wicked about that. But, I, this is a big but, bigger than my butt, but. 
I also see Black Lives Matter doing a lot of good. Um, and it's a really strange thing to, to see this because I've been able to see a lot of the protests. I've been able to see a lot of the gatherings. Um, I mean, literally all around our building, we've been able to see Black Lives Matter marches. I've been able to hear through their megaphone what they're talking about. I don't hear any of them talking about destruction, at least when they're around our building. And I've seen probably, I think, five protests now. But here's the other part of it. Some of the people that I love the most in this world that are African-American, they are the strongest Christians, some of the strongest Christians I know. And even though their hope is in the Lord, they're finding comfort through this organization. They're finding like-minded, like-mindedness. They're wanting to change. And I think that's special. And guess what? Our guest is here. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. You guys get a drink of water. I'm so happy our guest is here because her story is fantastic. And uh, I'll be right back. Hey now, honey, I've been driving around in my car Looking for some kind of open bar It's gonna be alright, gonna be alright Got no money, but I'll work it out with my charm Having a good time, ain't doing no harm It's gonna be alright, gonna be alright Hey now, honey, I've been driving around in my car Looking for some kind of open bar It's gonna be alright, gonna be alright Got no money, but I'll work it out with my charm Having a good time, ain't doing no harm It's gonna be alright, gonna be alright <laughs> I know you guys just hate masks. I do too, but I love the greatest mask. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really honored to have our next guest on. I never met anyone in my life with more titles in my life. And it's funny because I kind of run into the same situation. Like when people ask what I do, I'm like, I don't know how to explain this in less than 15 seconds because we do a lot of stuff and are blessed to do it. But this is a true warrior for the Lord, true warrior for God's children. Um, and also she's a true warrior for the fight that she is battling right now uh, in her own life. I'm honored. I mean, the work that she does in the world, her nonprofit organization, this woman is amazing. And I'm blessed to introduce to you Dr. Jennifer. Princess Jennifer Lee. What's up? How are you doing? Good morning. Well, I'm so glad you made it. I, I decided to broadcast without you. And then <laughs> I, I've been sitting here for 30 minutes. And I just realized there was another button you have to click on to get on. I was like, oh my God, anyway, to God be the glory. <laughs> Amen. I'm well, I'm blessed to have you here. Um, you. How are you doing today? I give God the glory every morning. I wake up, I'm thanking him. Father, thank you for another day, another life to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. I love that. Uh, doctor, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful, one, to be alive. I'm grateful to God that he has his mercy um, enveloping me and he's given me the opportunity to be able to press through every day 
to understand the purpose and destiny in a man's life is a price to pay. I'm grateful that he would even count me worthy to want to use me for anything and then wake me up this morning and say, girl, girl go for it. So I'm mm -hmm. so grateful that I'm alive today. So I don't even know where to start with you. Because I, I mean, like I said, you have like 25 different titles and things that you do for the kingdom. Um, just, but, call me, just call me the daughter of the Most High God or daughter of Abraham. <laughs> that works for me. I, 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 I like that. Now, I want to talk, let's just get into this. The, what kind of cancer are you beating right now? Um, it's called um, colorectal cancer, which is a cancer that is situated between the sigmoid area of the colon and rectal. And uh, so that's that's what that's the battle that God is winning for me today. My um, thoughts they said is thought speech, but I trust God. Yeah, my grandfather went through that, and it is it's something. And you've decided to not do chemo; you're fighting it naturally. Talk about that experience. Well. Um, I, I wasn't diagnosed until May last year, even though I've been feeling very bad since early 2019. So I was just taking care of myself, eating right and taking a lot of uh, vitamins and all that. But by the time I, I found out what the real problem was, it was, I was 85 pounds then. I had been stooling blood 13 to 14 wow. times a day and so much blood, just fresh blood coming in, coming out of me. And uh, well, they also diagnosed ulcerative colitis. Now, naturally, when you're trying to treat these two diseases, ulcerative says, I want this kind of food nutritionally. Cancer mm -hmm. says, I don't want this food. So whatever you eat, you have to, you go to the bathroom and you're still losing blood. When I was able to get my weight from 85 pounds to 90 to 95, now I'm 99.8. So for every pound or ounce I'm gaining, we're giving glory to God. Amen. I walked around and people are like, what are you doing? I said, I am waiting on God because when I was diagnosed, I told God he should just allow me to die and go out of this world quietly. He sent an angel to speak to me and give me direction on point A to point Z of this whole situation. And what the angel told me on that day was, one, this is not until death. Two, this is going to proclaim the kingdom of God in healing and deliverance. Three, this is going to bring many souls to the kingdom of God. Four, I want you to go back to your teaching on the miracle mill. I did a teaching in 2008. The miracle mill is the Holy Communion, and uh, which is the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus. And he said specifically, go through the naturopathic way, holistic treatment, because I have given the herbs for the healing of the nation. And he gave me all the scriptures. And these are scriptures I, I knew. But so when the doctors told me, oh, we have to put a pot on you, I told them no. I am going to fight this thing 
with the power of the Holy Ghost, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Communion, and naturopathic holistic treatment. And my have, mind. Have you ever heard of uh, American alligator oil? No, sir. No. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I should send you some American alligator oil. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, alligators. Uh, the American alligator uh, has no disease, no cancer. Wow. Like other other animals get cancer. American alligator hasn't. They've survived since dinosaurs. Yeah. And uh, the studies, the real real studies, and I know there is a difference between real real studies and not, and real science and not. Okay. But American alligator oil has a they. There's evidence that it kills cancer cells. That's wonderful. Um, not only on it's good for your skin. I mean, it's regrowing my hair. That's. That is a side footnote. <laughs> that my bald, my bald spot that I had, like I, I forgot that I was bald because I had shaved my head for so long. Yeah. I forgot that I had a bald spot until I grew my hair back. And so when I started, when I got involved with the alligator oil, because we're you know working to make some products with it and things like okay. that. Right. Um, I started putting it on my hair and my skin, and yeah. part of the reason I shaved my beard. <laughs> It's because it was making me look younger, but also regrowing my hair. But the other part of it that's amazing is I took a vaccine uh, about, gosh, it's been five months ago, I think. Okay. And I thought that I was going to die, like immediately after. Like, I won't take this vaccine that the government's pushing on everybody now because I saw what happened to my body the last time. And I have the evidence still to wow. show it, you know, healing. But I still look like a leper, and this oil is helping heal me. So, wow. I I really feel like, I, I, again, it's not a doctor thing. If you want to try it, I'll have some oil sent to you in a bottle that okay. you can just drink it, okay. and and I'll send you the science first. But okay. you're talking about naturopath, yeah? That's natural because it's an <laughs> it's an oil, okay. yeah. And I want to see you heal. I used, uh, when I was first diagnosed, I met with a nutritionist and a naturopathic doctor in Nigeria, and he gave me transfer factor. It's made in Utah. It's called transfer factor. Mm -hmm. And there are two bottles, the two of them, and I began to take this. They're, made, uh, they're actually mushrooms made into capsules. Yeah. And it gave me the opportunity to build my own immune system. So by the time I came to America and started doing all my tests through the MUC in Florence, they were confused. They could not believe, how could you have had this in your body for almost two years and you're still alive, you're walking, you're supposed to be in hospice. I mm. said, I began to use, oh, we don't want you to do that. This is what you want, we want you to do. And I said, if you do chemo on me, I will die. One, I can't even eat. So chemotherapy affects your 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 appetite. Even yeah. without chemo, I'm already fighting the appetite thing. So I used the, I began to use the supplement, and the supplement began to give me my strength back. By the time I came to America, got another nutritionist, and she began to put into me. I began to eat for my blood type. I found the book. I did my blood type. I began to eat for my blood type. I began to eat food that fights cancer, read books. I began to do smoothie, 
putting foods in my body that actually target colon and rectal cancer and ulcerated colitis. And most especially, you know what I've been doing? I've been dealing with soulish wounds. I began to read books that taught me biblically what the wounds are, the soulish wounding, the abandonment, the rejections, yeah. the, the depressions, the spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness, the root in my life that opened the door for the enemy to attack me. So I'm attacking this thing on both levels because I am a spirit. I live in a cage called this body. I have a soul and a mind. My spirit is on fire for the Lord, anointing to do, to break you. I'm, God has called me to be a, in a healing ministry. But check, check this. I was walking the world with the baggages of bitterness and unforgiveness in my life. And the door was open for Satan to have a landing pad in my life to afflict my life with sickness. So I'm not just taking supplements. I'm not just praying. I'm going to God to say, Lord, the roots, the years of roots of bitterness and unforgiveness in my life must be uprooted by the thunder fire of God and the blood of Jesus. So every time I take the miracle meal, which is the powerful body of Jesus and the body of Christ, the combination. I asked Jesus, I know you have healed me. 2,000 years ago, you've done this. But for the manifestation of this in my body, you need to do a total healing, body, soul, mind, and spirit. So that's where I am, sir. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this healing journey. Because how do I want to phrase this? Um, other than just say it. So one of the things that I've, I've gone through phases where I felt completely free from the demons of my past. And one of the diagnosis, and I don't, I don't believe in giving power to things, but I also, the reality of the situation is that, you know, I have splits or alters in my personality from trauma, like early trauma as a kid. And I've learned to adjust in some way to having these multiple personalities where I've had to take them like on their own healing journey. Because anyone that, you say with one personality, when you give your life to the Lord, you still have a journey. Like you're walking with the Lord too. Yeah. And he heals you little at a time. Like you, you, you get a new obstacle to face, you overcome it. You, you get to chill out for a while, then you get a new giant to overcome. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with this, and with each personality or with each altar, every one of them has gone on an independent healing journey. Amen. So there's times that I feel completely free. And then there's times that these entities or this these altars decide that they don't want to play nice anymore, and they come back. So I I want to hear about for you what your healing journey is like in that process of asking the Lord to completely heal you, to manifest it in your body. Talk about that journey for you. For me, um, what, what I have done when I was given the instructions on how this, what the end of this will be, then I went to God in prayer and asked him the how of the journey. The how of the journey is getting back to the word, getting back to the word. The first thing is 
I found out who in the world has gone through something like this before. So I mm -hmm. found out that Dodie Austin, the wife of John Austin, that owned yeah. the local church, she had she was diagnosed with cancer in 1981, uh, an orange cancer in her liver, and she was given three weeks to leave. So I read the book. I began to listen to all their teaching. So what did I do? I found someone that has already been healed, someone that has a testimony. So what did they do? They inserted themselves and submerged themselves in the word. The Bible says in Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word, two things, to heal and to deliver. So for me to get the manifestation of the glory of God, there must be healing and deliverance. So how do I get that? Submerging the word. I'm a word person. I came from a word background. So I love the word, but I began to tell God, I need to see the evidence of the word of God in my life. I mm. need to see the evidence of the cross at Calvary. I need to see how Jesus walked for the garden of Gethsemane or to the cross and he was bastardized and he wept and he shed all that blood for me and he shed that blood so that today when i apply the blood on any situation whatever is a demonic altar whatever is a soulish altar whatever they are the altars must crush then god gave me a name that is above all names so i insert myself in the word i i began to remove from my life people and things that take my strength and sap my gift because of the gift is being prostituted. People come after me, pray for me. You're prophetic, you're anointed, pray for me. I remove all those people from my life. I went back to the cross. I lay on the floor. I lay on the rock. You know, the eagle, when he's tired, he wants to really rebuild himself. It's itself, what does he do? He goes to a rock by a stream and it defeathers. It stays there and God begins to grow new feathers. When the feathers are grown, this eagle will break the pouch under his wing and anoint himself. So I went back mm -hmm. to the cross and I laid on the rock that is Jesus. And that's where I am. My strength comes from him. So the word, if you're a very busy person, you cannot go to the cross and have time to tarry at the cross to hear God. I tell people, you can pray, pray, pray. You must stay there quietly because God wants to download instructions. He can tell you, call so and so. For instance, he connected me with you. Now you're going to give me the information about the alligator oil. I mean, that is God. But it yeah. happens in a place of tarrying because you and I, we carry a mantle. And you have a, we have a voice that God has given us to the world. If we don't have the evidence of the glory of God in our lives, so what are we preaching? What are we teaching? So we need to spend time. That's what I do. My journey is, princess, what do you do? My phone is going. It's Psalms. I'm reading my Psalms. I'm reading healing scriptures. I'm going back to the world. I'm saturating. Every minute of the day, there's something going on. There's my, 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 my laptop is, 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 is re releasing in my spirit the Psalms of war. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. So I begin to tell the gates that are standing against my healing, standing against my breakthrough, standing against the evidence of his glory to be broken and shattered from my life. But it means you have to have the time, 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 time. I love it. 
That's good. You have to tarry before God because someone did it. What did Jody and, and John do? They laid before God. She's received a healing a few days before the end of December, 1981, and she began to re remind God. But she kept telling us from the moment she said she received her healing to the time of manifestation, she went through hell, which is what I have been through, good days and bad days. But then I wake up every day and I make sure that I make somebody's life happy. What do mm -hmm. I mean by that? I take somebody's case and I join it with my case and I go to God. And I say, God, don't just heal me because I want you to heal me. Heal me because you said that I will still walk your walk of faith. Heal me because you said you're still going to give me the opportunity to go to the nations, to testify, to prove to the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And his name is still powerful in the heavens, on the earth, and underneath the earth. The only reason why I'm asking you to do this, God, is so that your name will be glorified in the earth, not for princess just that your name be glorified so this has been my work my brother this is this is what i'm doing every day now you're you're in arizona right yes i just moved here two weeks from ago. atlanta atlanta from atlanta yes i i stopped by in atlanta because i needed to spend a month with my nutritionist there that's uh, where i went to atlanta yes <laughs> I want to ask you something um, because a lot of what I was talking about before you came on um, was what was happening here with in Minneapolis with the police, the community, um, another murder. And, you know, I, I, I don't believe that there's it's possible to heal without truth. And the only thing true I know is Jesus. And so I guess it's easy to look at it like, well, everybody here needs Jesus right now. <laughs> but uh, that's the easy answer and also the most complicated. Yeah. But as an African-American, well, no, you're from Nigeria. Yes. So, sir. okay. From Africa. Yeah. And, but I, and you guys, and you deal with a different type of racism there in Nigeria, but coming to America. Yes. yes. Like, what do you think? Like, what is the way that, and again, I know the answer is Jesus. <laughs> Because he's the answer for everything. Yes, yes. How can this, what are, okay, now, now I know how to phrase the question. What are things that people like me and other people in the community can do to help heal the wounds that so many people that, like every time their wound scabs up, it just gets ripped right back open. I mean, that's what this year has been for people yes. here. Yes. What is in your from your point of view? Yes. What are the actions that we can take to bring healing? Well, um, thank God this this question is coming up today because the answer, like you said, is in Christ Jesus. But when mm -hmm. you say Jesus, then he gives you administration, administrative ways of applying him in a situation or any situation. For, for any country, let's say case in point, we're talking about America. The first thing to do is, you know how the scripture talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the hierarchy of the kingdom of darkness. It talks about principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits. Mm -hmm. What many people don't understand is 
when we are dealing with a problem, racism, racism is a fruit, okay? If you want to destroy a problem, you have to find out what the root is. The Bible says, every root my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. So the first thing to find out is what is the tap root? The tap root is what feeds the stem and feeds the branches and feeds the leaves and the fruit and the seed thereof. So what we see as fruit, as racism that is causing death and blood, what is the, what is the root of it? The root of it is we have a Satan, we have an enemy, we have principalities, powers and rulers of darkness that walk in different parts of the country. Every area of America or every area of the world has a territorial power. The Christians in that area need to come together. They need to find out what the territorial power is, what is walking in this area, that we, they need to tackle the root. Don't talk about people being killed. Yes, they are being killed. That is the fruit of what this, the, the demonic force, the powers that be. And the powers that be, what they do is they get us so entangled up in the news. That's why I don't listen to the news. I don't even know what goes <laughs> on unless somebody calls me and taps me on the shoulder and tell me, and then I'll pray. Because I go to the root. Daddy, what is the root? Who is the principality? What power and ruler of darkness and wicked spirits are walking in this area? Minneapolis, Atlanta, Arizona. Then once we do, we call it spiritual mapping. Once you find out what it is, that is what the concerted effort of true intercessors. These are intercessors that can lay food on the side. These are intercessors that know with purity and holiness shall we see God. Intercessors that understand that. When you come to the altar of God, when you want to approach the heel of prayer, you must come with a pure heart and clean hands. You can be nipping and dipping and being an intercessor that wants to deliver a nation or deliver a city. You have to have clean hands and a pure heart. You have to deal with your own form of racism. A lot of us, like me, I've been preaching for years, but I came into ministry with a lot of bitterness. I came with, into ministry with a lot of wounding, and I didn't deal with this. I was just taking care of other people's problems. But by the time mine erupted, it came out as colonel rectal cancer. Isn't that something? So the root, that's what I'm doing now. We have to go to the root. Yes, people have lost their lives. What is the blood-sucking principality? What is that blood-sucking demon that is calling for blood all the time? There's, there's a demon that wants its altar to be splashed with blood. What is the Belial? What is that Balabelia spirit that is inducing? That was that Belzebub spirit that is asking for blood of the innocent. So we cannot just deal with and the, and and let me say the, the 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 politics cannot do it. The people in the office for two years, four years cannot do it. It is the job of the intercessors of that area that will do it. They will come together and and there's no position. I'm not a bishop. I'm not an apostle. Honey, just put that at the door and come in as just a child of God, a seed of Abraham that sees a problem and you're ready to lay your life at the altar of God to, to fight that problem. But one, we need the blood of Jesus. Two, we need the name of Jesus. Three, we need to know our enemy. For we need to know who he is, what he is, how he, what he does. Once we know it, then we can attack it and destroy it and pull it down and there'll be peace. 
we have to demand peace in America. America is a powerful country. And mm -hmm. until we understand what to do and how to help America, America, we are America, we will never have peace in this country. We'll always be having people come to try to attack this country because the intercessors want to go to Washington so they can give their money. No, you go to Washington and you raise an altar of God in the Oval Office. You go to Washington, so don't take pictures with Biden. Don't kiss his wife, don't kiss his children. No, you go there as a someone with the horn of all. You go there as an Elijah and an Elisha with the horn of all. And because that place is a powerful place, in God, you raise another altar in that place. And from that altar, that altar will be speaking against negative forces that are speaking against America and eventually speaking against other nations of the world that look onto America for salvation. That's just my own little bit. <laughs> we have to know that enemy. That was awesome. Those powers have to be crushed. It's going to be a few people. God doesn't fight battles with a lot of people. He just needs a few. And it's a few that understand spiritual warfare. The weapons of a warfare are not carnal. The Bible says they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So I keep telling God, God, where are the intercessors in this nation? Where are the ones that understand spiritual warfare? Where are the ones that understand that every word of the Bible? Oh, my God. He says, I have made you a battle axe. I have even given you the power to pull down princes, which means for you to have that kind of power, there must be a level of holiness in your life. Pastors are sleeping with women now. Pastors are doing all kinds of stuff, homosexuality and all kinds of lifestyle. How can you go against the kingdom of darkness when you belong to the kingdom of darkness, even though you have a title in front of your name? Oh my God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The truth of God, is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that name cannot be tarnished. We need to know that that name works in the heavens, on all the levels of the heavens, the powers that are attacking America, the powers that are demanding blood every day. But we are fighting. We're using money. We need grants. Let's get this money. Let's go. No, we need that money. We need to feed the people. We need to clothe the people. We need to give them homes. We need to give them cars so they can feed. But at the same time, we need to deal with the root of the problem, which is Satan himself, his cohorts, his lieutenants, the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and the wicked spirits in those areas must be dealt with so this country will have peace. And we Living in this country, we eventually have peace. Okay. I feel led to say this. Can you pray a deliverance prayer over the audience? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus. I have been calling for that blood since I sat at this computer at quarter to nine today. I've been asking that the blood of Jesus be released and saturate this 
airwaves and saturate every audience, every individual that's watching this broadcast today or will ever watch this broadcast. We plead the blood of Jesus over Washington, over our president and our vice president and all the people that are working within the Senate and the Congress, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus even over our mayors and our councilmen and everyone that you are put in a position of power over us, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus over your son, my brother, Joshua Loga. We ask you that what you have given him is a, is, a, is a big, big task. And I know that you're going to guide him and direct him and show him what to do as he spends time with you today by the reason of the anointing, by the power in the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that we overcame you, Satan, by the authority in the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony. So I stand in my office as a prophet to the nations and I decree and I declare over your son, the life of your son and his wife and all the people that are walking in his business, Lord God. I declare the word of God over every audience that is watching this broadcast or will ever watch this broadcast that the blood of Jesus that destroys and overpowers Satan will saturate their lives right now in the name of Jesus and begin to break every gate of bronze and the, and the bars of iron that is standing against their freedom, standing against their deliverance, standing against their financial breakthrough, standing against their spiritual or marital breakthrough in the name of Jesus because that name is a powerful name, the power in the name of Jesus to break every strong hold and every strong man that is standing against the lives of the people that are watching this program in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare by the power in the name of Jesus, by the power in the, and the authority in the blood that everything that is not of God, that is mitigating against our lives, mitigating against the glory of God, I break it, I crush it in the name of Jesus, by the authority that is invested in the blood of Yeshua Amashiach. Father, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and we testify today that all of us, we are overcomers, and we continue to be overcomers in the name of Jesus. May that blood continue to saturate, and even all the children, or people that are watching, you're praying for your children, and your children are still not in the Lord, and you too, you are obstituted, obstituted, obstituted in God, by the authority in the name of the of Yeshua and Mashiach, receive the power, receive the anointing to begin to stand, to confess Jesus as Lord and the true to your calling in God in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, whom the Lord, Son of Jesus Christ, our Son, the Son and Savior has set free, is free indeed today. I declare you free. Those chains holding your mind is broken. Those chains holding your binding, your hands are shut and sh your feet, they are broken. Those chains holding your waist, they are shattered and broken in the name of Jesus. Be loose and set free into your divine destiny. In Jesus' most precious name, we have agreed. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you for the blood. Let that blood continue to saturate every, and permeate every life and remove everything that is not of God and uproot it right now. Take the glory, Lord. It will all be about you, Jesus. You will be glorified in the earth. The name of Jesus will be glorified even in America and in the lives of every individual that is watching. 
starting from your son, Joshua, Lord God, his wife, Lord God, his home, Lord God, his business, Lord God, everything that concerns the let the light of God premiere through his life and begin to give him time so he can separate himself unto the Lord, so he can receive more from you, so he can be an instrument of power and glory in you, Lord God, in Jesus' most precious name we have agreed. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. The glory belongs to you, Jesus. Take it. Honor yourself and glorify yourself in this country, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's all about you, Daddy. Mosikata. It's all about you, Daddy. Come and take preeminence. Over this country, take preeminence from the White House to the whole house, from the Wahidu Basike, from the whole houses to the White House. Come and take preeminence. In the name of Yeshua Amashiach. Daddy, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, and glorify yourself, Lord God. The enemy cannot win over this country. America belongs to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Lee, that was amazing. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Give God the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Can Dr. Lee, um, yes, can you speak? Can you speak to the at the? I I I, don't, I have no facts on this, but I do believe that Africa is the motherland. <laughs> Um, and there is a spirit of, I've been blessed to meet several people from Africa. I've not been there yet, but it is my heart's desire to be there and serve, um, especially with the work that my wife and I are blessed to get to do. Um, Africa, all my heart, I, I've, ne I've, I've never been able to explain why I feel so connected to Africa and having never been there, but there's a, there's a lot of dark spirits there. There's a lot of uh, generational pain and curses that are in Africa. Can you speak to that and just help people? Like a lot of people, especially in America, look at Africa through the lens of what they see on those commercials with the starving kids. And, and we hear about blood diamonds. and mm -hmm. But there is something even more sinister at play there. Can you speak to those generational curses and in really what your heart says about how Africa can heal and, and, and start to repair itself? Because I don't know how we can repair America without healing Africa because a lot of what's wrong in Africa is because of America. And mm -hmm. can you speak to that? 
Um, yes. Um, I, I, I want to thank God for that question. You see, this, this is what my ministry was based on when I started this work and God told me to start in America and then take it back to Africa. And Africa is a very rich, if people go on my website, the Operation Heart to Heart, they have, I have a lot of little videos about what Africa is. Africa is a very blessed continent. The infiltration of the white man is what destroyed the continent of Africa, okay? And now everybody there wants to be an American. Everybody wants to be British. Everybody wants to be blah, 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 European. That's the number one problem that we have. The second problem is the inability of us Africans to appreciate our DNA as the seed of Abraham, okay? We are always reminded of the idolatry of our four forefathers. But I want to remind you that it is still from that same Africa that produced the someone like Bishop Benson Idahosa that shook Africa and shook America for good. So when you talk about generational curses, yes, there are generational curses there, but I want you to look at something very, 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 very awesome. And I'm gonna share some things with you after the program and let you see that the fire of God is burning in Africa now. If somebody wants to contact fire to do ministry anywhere in their life, they need to touch, number one, touch Nigeria first. From that place, you will receive the fire of God and that fire will take you to the ends of the earth. Please do not read all the stuff you find on internet. It's a bloody <laughs> lie. It's a calculated effort. Number one, to dissuade people like you and make you afraid of going to Africa or even going to Nigeria. Number two, the same people that have the power and the money to manipulate Google and manipulate the internet are the same ones that are going behind and they are stealing our land buying land and demand giving loans and coming back and say well you can't pay the loan so i take sovereignty over your land okay that is what there is a calculated effort to take over the africa by the white man but mm -hmm. a lot of africans don't know because they have been taught when you see a different skin tone to your skin tone bow down to them but when you get born again, you understand that skin tones don't matter with God. All of us are sons of the living God, whether you're purple, right. yellow, orange, pink, or black. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> you are a son of God, period. That's why he created the rainbow. There are problems in Africa. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yes, sir. There are problems That's in cool. Africa. But I want you to understand the fire that is burning in that place I can introduce you to five pastors or prophets that don't even have internet. They don't go on the phone. These are people that fast 40 days, four, three times a year, no food, no water. I have one of them as my mentor. I am not joking. These are people that sit on their mountain. You know, we have these prayer mountains. And where they are, people come from all over the world. For healing, they bring people on stretchers to them, but nobody sees them on internet. So the negativity that we see on, on television, 
and the negativity that we see on internet is to deter people to get to where they can actually get help from. For instance, the kind of prayer that I prayed just now is not a prayer that I learned in America. It's a prayer I learned through the power of the Holy Ghost and been on the mountain praying and fasting for years. In Nigeria, in Africa, that's where the fire fell. You want the fire in your life? I don't say you can't get fire in America, but there's something about Africa. There's something about when you go through oppression. <clears throat> There's something about when you go through oppression and you come out of oppression, there is a, a special purified kind of anointing that comes on you that did not come because you were able to get EMC, you got EMT, um, e EM, whatever they call it. You were able to get <laughs> hospital treatment. Uh, the hospitals are not working in Africa. We don't have the, the kind of uh, 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 infrastructure that you have, but we have prayer. If somebody drops down, like when I died, it was a pastor that brought me alive, brought, back, brought me back to life. If I had died here in America, they would have buried me. They would just put something on my toe and, and put me and put me mortuary. But this man said, no, apostle cannot die. He was sweating. He called on God. And when I had that out-of-body experience, Jesus was telling me, he said, look down. I cannot allow you to enter this gate. You know why? Because of those people. They are talking to me about why you should come back to earth. So they began to tell God, princess has done this. She has, she's a child of God. She, they, they presented my work before God. They presented my labor of love before God. And I came back to life. So what am I saying? The generational, I mean, I meet people here in America and I look at them. The generational curse in their life, the root is about 150 to 200 years old. And they just want me to lay hands on them, anoint them. And many pastors have been doing it. So what do I do now? I counsel them. I said, I can lay hands on you now and you will be healed. But in the next three to six months, this thing is going to come back. There is a root in place. There's a, there's a demonic uh, uh, strong man. The Bible says, can you go to a strong man's house and loot it without mm -hmm. binding him first? So you can, you, you can go to the strong man's house and, and, and clear out his living room and steal from him. But his strong room is in the back of the house. So when you come against any, any situation in the life of an individual, you need to pray. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. What is the root of this problem? And what is a strong man or men, strong men that are walking behind the scenes in the life of this individual that must be bound first, cast to naught in dry places before we can lose her from the different levels of chains, years of generational chains that have bound this individual. Wow. That is just like mind-blowing to hear i had to do it for me sir. i had to do it for myself i had it's to do it mm -hmm. it's it's almost like i mean i don't know why if the it's like if people are looking for radical healing you know people go to israel all the time right yeah. it almost seems like we should be going to africa i'm t i'm not joking i used to, I, I'm, I take teams I take teams and we are not going there to sightseeing. I'm not going to take them to where the slaves 
were enslaved. I'm not going to take them to show them the, the chains. No, I'm taking them to a place where we can help them so that when they get back here, they can help their people. You know, when Jesus said, I want you to go to all the nations and preach from, from Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's what he said. Well, there are adulterated anointing. You have to be able to discern by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And how do you discern? I keep telling people, once a week, lay the burger down. You can, I tell people, you can't be eating pork and you allow the, you need the anointing to flow. Stop eating pork. That's one of the stuff you have to stop eating. The second thing is you can't eat your beef with all the blood flowing in it. There's life in the blood. So if the, there's, there's, there's life in the blood. So whoever eats meat with so much blood in it, I'm like, are you Jeffrey Dahmer? Why are you drinking so much blood? <laughs> you know, are you Jeffrey Dahmer? Why do you, why you have to have blood in your meat? You know, it scares me because I'm looking at this person that they can cook me and eat me if they can eat so much blood. So we have to change some things. We have to read the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, and understand when Leviticus talks about us, that there's blood, there's life in the blood. Don't eat the blood of an animal. Pork, don't eat it. Anything that has a hoof, don't eat it. He specified it to us, what we can eat and what we should not eat. The diseases that we have today, one of it, apart from the demonic forces, the next thing is it comes from what we put in our mouth. The way we feed, our food is overcooked or undercooked. Some people, I'm vegan, I'm this, I'm that. No, you need to find one, your blood type, what we eat for your blood type, but two, eat more of raw food. Three, don't eat overcooked food. Three, try to, try to find out what supplements can work with your body, prevent disease, because if you are preventing disease by using the spiritual power of the blood of Jesus and in, in the Holy Communion to attack the spiritual one, you need to find something else that can help you in the natural sense, in the physical sense, to attack the disease from the root. So you are attacking the disease spiritually, you are attacking the disease physically, you are attacking the disease emotionally, and Thank God, God is giving you the money to spend to actually attack the disease or any problem in our lives financially. But the most important thing, you must give your life to Christ. You know, you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Are you in a church that allows you to, to leave the church on Sunday and you stand in front of the church um, um, building and you just lit a cigarette? You are not born again. You're born again by mouth but they, you have not received the consecration and the burnishing and the fire of the Holy Ghost to purify your, your life. You need to ask for that fire. Father, Lord, release your Holy Ghost fire in my bones. Release your Holy Ghost fire in my heart and purify me with your fire, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Wow. That's so good. So I want you to, really quick, we need to wind down. I'm... <laughs> You've gone a little bit longer than normal, uh, which I'm glad because we have a full, we actually got a full hour with you. Um, Thank you, Jesus. You're, you have a GoFundMe. Tell tell everybody about your GoFundMe um, and, and why you're doing it. Because again, you're, you're choosing to attack this cancer a different way. 
So speak about your GoFundMe real quick. And I, I you know, obviously want to encourage the audience to give um, and to help support your, your healing journey. But talk about your GoFundMe, please. Um, a GoFundMe has been set up for me to go to a place called Hope for Cancer Treatment Center. It's okay. in Tijuana, Mexico. And it's a Christian place. I love the place. I've interviewed them over the months, and I realized that they have the same core value, Christian values that I have. So their treatment is based on naturopathic, holistic alone. There's no chemical in their treatment. So they treat you as a whole person, your body, your soul, your mind, and your spirit. So they treat you nutritionally. Most of the things that they use, like they, the the um the b17 um, yeah. um vitamins you can get that in any drugstore it has to be in a hospital setting that's why mm -hmm. i want to go there so the gofundme has been set up for me to go to this treatment center for 21 days so they can actually treat because i've done all that i can do i'm doing the prayer i'm doing the nutrition i'm doing everything else but the weight is not coming on and I need to go to a place where they can actually take care of me and treat me instead of trying to treat cancer, but take care of me so that by the time I leave there, I've learned the tools and the lifestyle to also continue prevention, which is cheaper and better than kill. I've actually heard about this place in Tijuana. Yes, there's, there's a few of them. Uh, you have to really research, interview them because they put so much on their website. But I have called them, I've, I've watched them, I've listened to the owner of the place, the doctor who owns the place. And I, I'm like, this is the place to go. It's a Christian place. And mm -hmm. they, they, they give you the opportunity. A man walked in uh, and the second week is a pastor. They put him to preach because they have a chapel there. So while we're taking care of you, he was preaching, you know. So they, <laughs> they, 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 so they know that he loves to preach, and he had a word for the people. So that is why the GoFundMe was set up by my niece and my nephew to help me go to this treatment place. Excellent, uh, Doctor Lee. I'm, I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed this. I'm so glad that you figured out that you needed to hit another button to be able to enter because. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long I would have kept just ranting, but I it, it was on my heart to share yeah. and uh, what I shared before. So in some strange way, God worked it all out beautifully. Um, I, I'm blessed to have finally have actually been able to speak with you. I think we first introduced about a year ago to each other. Yes. Um, I love the work that you do. I'm honored to, to meet you. Thank you for that powerful prayer. And those of you that are just now joining us on our different outlets here. Um, if you missed her prayer, it's worth going back and listening to because it was something very healing about that. And I, I appreciate it. the glory, the honor. Amen. Um, so God bless you, Jennifer. Thank you for uh, coming on. And you all, please um, give anything you can to help her uh, go fund me and get that the, the right cancer treatment for her. So she can continue to do God's work. So Dr. Lee, thank you for being here. And I will talk yes, to you soon. You. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> what a special human being that is.
I'm glad that she showed up. I was getting kind of nervous. Um, there was so much there to unpack. I mean, she covered a lot of things. We covered a lot of really, you know, interesting topics. And I love it when I get to meet people from different countries, whether it's digitally or, you know, in person, because, you know, they see the world through a different lens than what we do. I mean, heck, of course, my next door neighbor probably sees the world through a different lens than I do. But it's always fascinating to get those different perspectives because every time you think you know everything, you learn that you don't really know anything. And um, I learned a lot from her. I love that prayer. And something else she said too reminds me of something that my pastor said in Oklahoma City at Word of God Church. Because, you know, I'm, I'm all about, I believe in healing. I believe that we have the power to heal. I do because I've seen it, but I've also seen when we get in the way of our own healing. In other words, we heal, but then we go right back to that place that we got infected in the first place, and we let those demons come back in. And, you know, and she, so she talked about that. It's, it's great. You get your healing, but you got to do the work to stay healed. That, I, I think that's something that as believers, as Christians, or any even if we're just people that are trying to turn our life around and, and stay sober or whatever it is for you, we, you know, we, we do that work and then we hear that whisper, hey, a little bit of this won't hurt. Or I can... You know, you catch yourself staring at something a little bit too long that takes your mind to some very explicit places. And then we give into it and we just invite the trouble back in so that healing just goes away. We do that. Like we have so much more power in what we than what we give ourselves credit for. Yet at the same time, we give it away. We give it away when we get angry and snap at people. I do that. I'm working on it. We do that when sometimes we go to bed angry. We do that when, you know, we like, well, that's just a little white lie or, you know, we take a shortcut. We don't do things in excellence. We, or even worse, when, we do mess up, we hide it. And we don't, like the one thing that I, I, I think about hiding shame and hiding sin, all it does is compact the shame and it compounds the guilt. But from my experience, the sooner that we say, Lord, forgive me, the sooner that we repent and give that whatever that was to God, God will use it for something good. And then we're free from it again. Are there consequences for our actions? Of course, because heck, there's consequences for good things that happen in life. I enjoyed that. I hope you did too.
thank you for being here. God bless you guys. And um, you guys have an amazing day. I think tomorrow's Thursday. Friday, we'll be back for Society of Kingdom Minds. Can't wait to see you guys. Take care.